Hi, I'm Chantelle. And I'm Matthew. And we're founders of Fifth Place, where our mission is to make the world a better place by enabling the how. Welcome, Welcome to, to our Emotions Matter, Matter Really podcast. In this podcast, we explore everything about emotions, feelings, and what it is to become and remain emotionally fit. We delve into everything about emotions, emotional well-being, and mental health. We interrogate the taboo around expressing and talking about emotions and feelings. We talk about all those things we want less of, like stress, anxiety, and burnout, and the things we want more of, like sleep, calm, and self-care. We explore tools, tips and techniques for managing your emotions. We examine what it means to be emotionally fit and why this equals a better quality of life. In this inaugural podcast, we examine just why emotions matter, why we should care at all about the way we feel and ways to feel better. We also tell you why we started out on this journey in the first place and what we discovered on the way. So Matthew, why is this important? Why do emotions matter? Well, I think the best place to start is at the beginning. So let me take you back to why we started on this journey in the first place. Okay, that's a good place to start. It may provide some perspective and understanding about our approach and how we got here. When we started working together in 2016, you were already working in the under-resourced school environment for a non-profit, and it was there that you learned about Peter Block's community building principles and the six conversations that you wanted to use for a team building approach. And we were also experimenting the work I was trained and grounded in EFT or tapping, as many of you may know it by. Now, EFT is incredibly good and versatile when it comes to working with emotions, especially trauma. But the challenge with EFT is that it isn't really designed to work in groups. And you, Chantal, you were convinced and determined that we could adapt it in some way. And we did try a few different things with our workshop participants. And whatever we did, whatever ways we adapted EFT with, we always saw deeper shifts with these workshop participants in supporting them to work with and clear emotional barriers that were in the way of them openly and freely participating in these team building sessions. That's right. It was really interesting introducing EFT tapping into these groups. There was lots of trepidation in the beginning and some discomfort or maybe lots of discomfort, especially in the corporate groups. But we did successfully get people to focus on what they were feeling and then tap on it, even if they felt a bit foolish doing so. I remember when we ran out of time in the one workshop and decided we had to drop something. And the thing we chose to omit was the adapted EFT tapping. And boy, did we regret it. The difference in the levels of engagement and the shifts was marked. Looking back, it was perhaps the beginning seeds that made us aware of the role emotions play in our lives. And using EFT in this way, perhaps you could say that we've always been a bit ahead of the curve with what we do, especially here in South Africa. But the real game changer for me and what we were doing was in 2017, when you voluntold me to join your learning circle after you lost two business partners in quick succession. 
because it was here that I was really exposed to the disturbing reality of the under-resourced school environment. Yes, even though I had been working in that environment for almost three years and I was aware of the challenges, I did not put any energy there. I was more focused on the work I was tasked to do in the leadership development program. You, you've always been more sensitive to the pain and hurt in people. So it was no surprise really that you would immediately focus your, your attention there. Well, yes, that was what a lot of my EFT one-on-one work in my practice was all about, dealing with trauma and emotional pain. But I have to tell you, I was shocked at the level of trauma that children, teachers and the community dealt with. I had the skills and I wanted to help. Mmm, and you did try. I did. Three times I offered my services. I wasn't intending to charge either. There was lots of interest but no take up. Over and over. And I just got fed up. What did you say to me? Well, I remember after the third month of meeting these teachers and principals and being in that under-resourced space where there'd been all this interest and yet nobody had done anything about it. And I remember I said to you, I cannot in all conscience go another month and do nothing about it. What people were not getting then, and I still don't think it's clear even today, is that the trauma being experienced in those schools puts those kids in a perpetual state of fight, flight or freeze. And as you know, your brain shuts down in this state so no learning can be done. It doesn't matter if there were amazing resources, computers, tablets, enough engaged teachers or small classes. That's right. We realised that the problem was not a resource one or a curriculum one. It was a mental health issue. And for some reason, I, who eschewed working in any kind of healing space, you know me, I don't do that kind of stuff, or didn't, agreed to accompany you on your investigative expedition to solve this problem. Yes, well, you know, it has to really be because of my good looks and charming personality. They really do help me make a compelling argument. We mustn't lose sight, though, of how important you, not wanting to help or rescue, has influenced our approach in this work that we do. It reminded us, amongst other things, that we are not broken, but in fact far from it. We are capable and resourceful, and with the right tools and guidance, able to affect the growth and healing we want and need. I mean, we even evolved a principle about this, namely, at my core, I am perfect. Absolutely. But back to this expedition... We came up with three objectives. Yes. So these three objectives were, number one, whatever we developed had to work with children as well as adults. This was because children process their emotions differently to adults. The second thing was it had to work in groups because the scale of the problem is so large that there were no ways we could approach this with any form of one-on-one therapy. Yeah, and because children in schools usually show up in groups known as classes. And then thirdly, we wanted an African solution for an African problem. We didn't just want to import or use something from the US or Europe. We wanted it to be proudly South African and contextualized 
to the collective and historical trauma of the African continent. This was also the reason we couldn't really use EFT tapping as it currently works. And not because it wasn't proudly South African, but because EFT is predominantly used in one-on-one therapy and it's quite cognitive. You have to know what you are feeling. It uses language in a way that doesn't really translate for the child. Yep, so off we went and we researched and we read and read and read profusely. We then tested and trialed and continued to modify something that you had already given a name to right at the beginning when we, or should I say you, were just starting to work on this. Hmm, shape of emotion. The name came to me one morning as I was in that gap between sleep and wakefulness. That lovely liminal space when you're not quite asleep and also not quite awake. Shape of emotion. The model, process and tool of how we structure, store, represent and regulate our inner feeling states. How on earth did we get to that mouthful? Well, you know, actually... I don't know. And half the time, we came up with words and ways of doing things that felt as if we were merely the conduit of this work, not the discoverers, designers or inventors of it. The name is perfect, though, because we work on the structure or the shape of the emotion and not the emotion itself. It does name what we do, which is interesting, because the issue with names and labels is something of a contentious issue with us. Mm, Not really, is it? Well, you keep on saying, you don't need to label your emotion, you just need to feel it. And I keep on saying, it's useful to have an extensive emotional vocabulary. You just don't need to have it for this process. I actually agree with you. I just get a little fed up when the go-to answer for managing your emotions is to be able to label them. We know that often people mislabel how they are feeling and figuring out what it is that you are feeling can keep you stuck in your head. Yep, and we don't want to keep you in your head. We want you in your body. We want you to come back to connecting with your body and the somatic sensations that emotions elicit. We do enough thinking in this world. You know, if the problems of the world were going to be solved by thinking, then... Given the sheer volume of thinking that takes place, there should be no more problems in the world based on all the thinking we do. And guess what? There are lots and lots of problems out there. Yes, there sure are. But let's come back to when we launched Shape of Emotion in February 2018. After all this work we did, this researching and reading and trialing, we launched Shape of Emotion in a pilot workshop on the 3rd of February 2018 to a group of people that we knew would engage with and test what we'd done and give us honest feedback. And yes, at that time, this honest feedback was something that made me very nervous. So we were very surprised, and you must have been super surprised, by the response, which was overwhelmingly positive. Here were psychologists, therapists, yoga instructors, coaches, and a couple of no-nonsense business people all saying that It worked. Yes, I must say I did feel a great deal of relief after that. We were still tapping, but by the time we reconvened a few weeks later with the group, the 
the process had been modified to use only touch points and not tapping. And this really talks to the ongoing desire and goal that we had to create something that was as simple as possible. We found it was much easier to teach only using touch points with the tips of all of your fingers and clasping. In my experience, one of the challenges with tapping is that people could often tap on the wrong places. Now this is easy to correct if you can see the person or you're in a one-on-one session, but nigh impossible if you're doing it in a large group. So it had to be easy, and shape of emotion is. So let's come back to what this has all got to do with our position that emotions matter. Well, during our research, we discovered that despite the fact that emotions are typically viewed as something we don't talk about, unless we are women, excuse the gross generalization and stereotype, yeah, be careful. that they are better hidden and controlled because emotions can be embarrassing and messy, and that they are subservient to our analytical and irrational brain. You know, somebody shared with me, thing, king, and that king is often how we view thinking. But emotions underpin almost everything we do. Our ability to learn, to make decisions, to relate to others, to lead, to perform optimally, Basically, our ability to thrive as human beings. And if we don't attend to our emotional state, as we call it, our emotional fitness, in the same way that we attend to our physical fitness, in the extreme, we can get ill. And there's much research done on the impact of emotions on our health, ranging from heart problems, wound healing and colds, to addictions, depression and weight gain. And lest we forget, our immune system is directly connected to our emotions. Yes, and because emotions have never been viewed as important, none of us were taught how to manage our emotions, how to work with our emotions, rather than feel like we are at the mercy of them. These days, though, having come through COVID, the world has seen a massive growth in emotional and mental health problems. Alarming increases in stress and stress-related illnesses, anxiety, depression, burnout, And the awful consequence and escalation of suicides has presented society with a growing, more subversive pandemic. We have an answer in Shape of Emotion. We know how important it is to have a way to clear stuck, unpleasant, overwhelming negative emotions that can get in the way of us being able to thrive. And added to that, our model offers the other side of the coin too. The ability to open up and make a supportive emotion feel more. And best of all, we can do it at scale, meaning we can help many, many people all at the same time. But we'll talk more about shape of emotion and how it works in a future episode. We are the flag bearers for emotional well-being, for building emotional fitness. We want to educate and enable you to feel better, live better, and then make your world a better place. That's our mission at Fifth Place, to make the world a better place by enabling the how. How to feel less stressed, less anxious, less angry. How to feel more at peace, more calm, more tolerant, and how to sleep better. Thank you for spending your time with us. Until next time, be kind and be gentle. 
And from me, Chantal, bye for now. And from me, Matthew, until we meet again, bye for now. If you enjoyed this podcast and haven't already done so, please subscribe or follow us. You can also find out more about what we do by visiting our website, fifth.place. Yes, that's all it is, fifth5th.place. To experience Shape of Emotion, we invite you to try out an emotional fitness class, which you can do at no cost on the Inside Timer app. Look for Matthew and Chantel as teachers. Follow us and you can see when next we will be holding a class that suits you. Thank you.